sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. When we look at what's happened in our culture today, it's easy to lament about what we see, and even sometimes to cower in fear. However, Jesus encourages us to be not afraid. And even more, he tells us that we can go on the offensive, not crouch in fear, but go on the offensive and trust in his power. That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from the relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into our topic for today, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you have questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Catholic.org. I am joined in studio once again by Renee Kranz. Hi, Renee. Hey, Chris. Renee, why don't we just briefly introduce ourselves to the listeners? Ladies first. Sure. I'm Renee Kranz. I am the Director of Communications for the Diocese and Editor of the Bishop's Bulletin, the wonderful Bishop's Bulletin. I can say the one and only. Wonderful. I have lived in Sioux Falls for 16 years. Um, Going and- on 17. Uh, no, it was 16 years, a few months ago. Um, <laughs> Sound of music sure, reference. Oh, no. Nope, I'm 16 no. going on. Okay. Never, never, anyway. Never seen that movie. Um, married to Ryan Kranz and uh, native of South Dakota. Great. How about that? How about that? How about that? <laughs> Uh, Chris Bergwald, Director of Discipleship Formation with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, been in that role um, for 19 years last Wednesday. Wow. As we're recording. Congratulations. September 1st. Uh, Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm from Central Minnesota. My wife, Jermaine, is from Ohio. We've been married for 22 years. Um, Five kids born and raised, all of them, here in sunny Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, It is sunny today, actually. Mm -hmm. It's been rainy lately. I'm very... Okay, I did not know. I very, very often do not know the topic that Dr. Yes, Burkwell is going yes, to talk about. Yes. And um, I did not know the topic today. And I'm very excited about this one because this is a problem. <laughs> oh, what I said, my intro. Yes, yes, this, yes. 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 So, a, yes. so, folks, if, if, if people are voracious listeners to all the audio programming that comes from... Um, the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. They may have heard, and if they hadn't, they should go listen or, to or watch uh, this this week's episode of Catholic Views. Mm-hmm. Because um, in the, first of all, great interview with two gentlemen. Mm-hmm. you want to briefly plug in case people uh, haven't? Sure. That's uh, with Ron Stabell and Pat McCabe about the uh, upcoming Sioux Falls area men's retreat. Yeah, with so, Deacon Ralph Poyo. Yes, yes. Thank you for putting that in It was a very there. quiet yeah. No, he's not. I've he's, heard he's, he's very awesome. dynamic very, and yeah, awesome yeah, he is, he is. speaker. Yeah. So uh, before you get into that interview on this week's episode of Catholic Views, I, I, I shared a little bit about Mark 8, this 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 weekend's gospel reading, which is Mark 8, um, Jesus going with his disciples to the region of Caesarea Philippi mm-hmm. to um, ask, and he asked them about his identity. Right. So that actually is going to connect with, and I said in that episode, mm-hmm. if you want more, listen to this week's episode of Ignition. So it's going to connect in with what we're talking about today. So what I want to do 
uh, today is look actually at Matthew's account for this episode. But I'm going to rely on you because you were awesome uh, in Biblical Bites. So I'm going to have you rehash some of the mm-hmm. things that we talked about there. So I actually knew some stuff you, this time. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it. Um, Matthew 16, verses 13 and following is where we're looking at. Um, and verse 13 tells us that Je- when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that the Son of Man is? So I do want to just take a moment here, Renee, just to read, because oftentimes Biblical Bites, our time is short, and (laughs) through the Word of God. You'll be lucky if you can understand him. goodness. (laughs) So I want to take a little bit more time and just go through this, uh, which for for many people will probably be a familiar passage Mm -hmm. from Matthew's Gospel. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So uh, there are so many things mm-hmm. to talk about in this passage. It's, this is one of the key passages that we look to to see why the origins of the papacy, mm-hmm. the role of the Pope, because Peter is Simon, the, one of the first of Jesus' disciples, um, is now renamed by Jesus, mm-hmm. Peter, from the Greek word for rock. So right. ba- Jesus basically is saying, uh, blessed are you, Simon, you are rock, and on this rock, I would build my church. Uh, so so there's the renaming there. He gives him the keys to the kingdom that's going back to, an, uh, again, part of the papacy, but also forgiveness of sins. Um, also points back to Isaiah 22, mm-hmm. part of the origins. Uh, the question that Jesus asks the disciples, um, who do people say that the son of man, that's him referring to himself, why son of man? We could talk about that. Who do people say the son of man is? Well, who do you say that I am? So I, I, that's a spiritual thing. Who do, who do I, Chris? Who do you, Renee? Who do we think Jesus is? So a lot there. But the thing that I, I, I want to begin by focusing on, the thing that we spent a few moments talking about um, on Biblical Bites this week, is the geographic location we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, Caesarea Philippi, uh, tell me a little bit about Caesarea Philippi and and go from there. Yeah, so that is a pagan area. Um, <clears throat> and as I learned in Biblical Bites, uh, Philip is who built that or, or rebuilt it yep. at some point, who is the son of Herod Antipas. Right. Herod the, son of Herod the Great, yeah, son, brother. Uh, thank you. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. See, I already screwed up. <laughs> um, and why Caesarea? Uh, for for Caesar. Right, yep. right. The Roman emperor. Yeah. So this was an area that was uh, definitely pagan, definitely Gentile. Um, and it's, it's kind of really interesting that Jesus decides to go up here to have them name, name him as... As the Son of God, right? Because, right, because you are the Christ, the Messiah, yeah. Yeah. which is a royal title. It's a mm-hmm. king. So, so, and Jesus doesn't say it himself, right? right? He asks his 
disciples. To, to First, what, what's the word on the street? Mm-hmm. And then who do you say that I am? And Simon, and Jesus would say, Simon, you're inspired by my father in heaven. Right. Simon says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, and, and Jesus ends it. Uh, and this was in Mark's gospel for this week as well. He strictly charged them not tell anybody He's the Messiah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, how's, yeah. That did not work out. <laughs> right. Yeah, it didn't really work out. Um, so he go, yeah, he goes to this, and it's it's in the northern part of Palestine. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in biblical bites. It's where near it's it's near a mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where near one of the sources of the Jordan River, which is well right. known, the place where John. But all sorts of things happen in the Jordan River, right? It's in, in, in scripture. Um, but but the, the locale is such near this mountain, so there's this large rock face. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus says to Simon, "You are rock," like to get, oh. <laughs> and on this rock I'll build my church, and then he goes on to say again Matthew's account, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And one of the things that we talked about in mm-hmm. biblical bites is um, at the base of this mountain, the base of this rock face, and you can still see this today. There's this large, almost cavern, like our large entrance to a cave. Mm -hmm. And back in Jesus's time, the local legend was, the folklore was, that this was actually the gate to Hades, the gateway, the entrance into hell. Sure. Uh, You already mentioned it's a pagan place. So I don't remember the exact name before it was rebuilt and renamed Caesarea Philippi. Something like Paneas or Paneum, something like that. So the Greek god Pan, uh, we didn't talk about, so Pan, what's... Who's Pan? Do you remember who oh, Pan gosh. is? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. I know I've heard it before, and <clears throat> Bill's probably over there. Bill, do you, do you know who Pan is, Bill? Bill doesn't. Oh, there was it. No. Because uh, he's a music guy, so I thought Bill would know the guy with well, the- Well, it's a flute. The, the, the fl- isn't it a, or a something. flute? Yeah, like something the, like that. The, the, the thing I, that you- lo- Liar. 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 Good and job, it, doesn't Bill. he have the, um, like the deer- Oh, yes. Yes, I think you're right. Pagan God, though. Yeah. Pagan God. So this is where Jesus goes. So it's named after the Roman emperor. And I I mentioned just briefly the geography, too. It was a place of political and economic power because back then, well, as is today, geography oftentimes determines power. So you've got this mountain which sort of funnels. So people had to travel around this mountain. So where... What what in Jesus's time was then known as Caesarea Philippi um, was located was sort of a choke point. Right. Well, whoever controls choke points has political power and economic power. Right. So it was a place of political and economic power, named after the Roman emperor and the local Jewish ruler. And um, it's got the legendary entrance into hell there as well. So political power, uh, pagan power, pagan gods, demonic power. Jewish rulers, all here. And this is where Jesus says, well, Jesus doesn't say, he, he, his disciples confess him as the Messiah, the king. And it's basically where he establishes the church. Where right. he, well, in that, it, some of the pieces of it. Well, to say, a, a yeah. big piece yeah. in terms of Peter. Yeah. Now, so, so this, man, by the way, so real quick on that, it's, it, this is not about the papacy, but in scripture, anytime somebody's name is changed, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. So, Abraham, Abram becomes Abraham. Abraham. Mm-hmm. Simon, so uh, Jacob becomes Israel. Right. Simon becomes Peter. So, w- there's a change of identity, and with a change of identity comes a change in mission, right. purpose. So this fisherman Simon is now Peter, 
the rock on which Jesus will build his church. Yeah. And I believe it's in this part, like shortly after that, he says to Peter that you will be a fisher of men, isn't it? Uh, that that already happened, Just, actually, oh, okay. in okay. Matthew's gospel. Okay. So there's already the, fort, the, the hint of In the same place? Like, were they there when that happened? Four. Okay. No, All right. no, no. Ah, that was along the... Uh, that's a good question. Actually, it was along, um, uh, it was near Capernaum, okay, the Sea of Galilee, right. where they were fishing. Sure, I remember they that. Fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, what does this have to do with my tease for this episode? I'm still wondering. So, folks, uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, and I'm your host, Dr. Grisberg, while talking with Renee Kranz about... Well, we've just been talking about Matthew 16 and what Jesus says at Caesarea Philippi, but I promised um, that we'd be talking about why we shouldn't cower in fear, but why we should be not afraid and the confidence in the Lord and in a sense go on the offensive. So this, this, this powerful backdrop where Jesus asks the disciples for their confession of faith mm-hmm. and Simon, now Peter, you are the Messiah. The So Jesus says, you are Peter, you are rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, Renee, for years, uh, up until not that, well, probably about eight, nine years ago now, but for, like my reversion happened back in the mid-90s, all the way up until into the 20-teens, when I thought about this verse, um, one of the things that I love about it is the sense that it gives of the the solidity, solid, the solidity of the church, mm-hmm. um, the impregnability of the church. On this rock, I will build my church. So, so almost this fortress idea, mm-hmm. right? That because this is one of the reasons what, what Jesus says: the, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is one of those places where we get the idea. Um, uh, among many other passages in the New, Hes- New Testament, that the church of Jesus Christ will never fail. Right. That no matter what happens, no matter what the devil or the world throws at the church, there, there in a sense will be casualties, but the church will never fail. Right. And, and meaning, among other things, that the church of Jesus Christ will always proclaim his gospel truth. Mm-hmm. So the um, the infallibility of the church's teachings, not because of the brilliance or sinlessness, the holiness, certainly not sinlessness, not because of the brilliance or holiness of her leaders, but because of the brilliance and holiness of her Lord. Right. And uh, usually the in, of the spite of in spite the of the sin of, right? of her leaders. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, so so that that's always, and, I, and I've loved this passage, but... Mm-hmm. What I realize, you know, oftentimes, or not oftentimes, sometimes it happens um, that we, there are things, uh, metaphors that we have in mind that actually are true. There's truths, but we've actually, we have a misunderstanding. So okay. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a completely different analogy. So I just, if people are listening, I just took off my wedding ring. Oh, so, so this, this is my it. wedding. I won't lose it. So <laughs> what, Renee, what does this, what does my wedding ring symbolize? Uh, a commitment to your wife. Right. Um, uh, my fidelity mm-hmm. and love. Right. Wrong. Okay. It doesn't. This ring is not a sign of my love and fidelity. Is it a sign of hers? So think way back for me, 22 years for you, what, 19. 19. Who put this ring on my finger? Oh, True. And what, did, did. and what did Jermaine say? She said, I don't know what the... <laughs> I don't 
<laughs> roughly. I know it was a long time ago long for time you ago. two. But w- w- when when Ryan put your ring on you, he mm-hmm. said, take this ring da, 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 as a sign of my right. love and fidelity. Right. So most of us look at this ring and we think, oh, this is, yeah, this is my reminder, my love and fidelity for my spouse. Well, that's... That's a good thing for me Mm -hmm. to be reminded of my love and fidelity for my spouse, but that's not the symbolism of the wedding band. It's a sign of their love and fidelity for me, her for me, Mm -hmm. your husband's for you. Right. Most of us, including myself, have done the same thing with Matthew's gospel. We have an understanding which has great truth, but but it's a misunderstanding. Okay whose gates are being assaulted in Matthew 16? The churches. Is that what Jesus said? Replay in your mind right now the passage. Gates of hell shall not prevail against The gates of hell. Whose gates are under attack? Whose gates? Jesus does not say Jesus does not say the gates of the church will stand against hell. He does not say the power of hell will not overcome the gates of the church. That that's true. So this is the that's true. The power of hell will not overcome the gates of the church. The gates of the church will withstand the assault of hell. Okay. That's true. But that's not what Jesus is promising in this passage. Okay. He says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It's not the gates of the church that are under assault in this image that Jesus is portraying. I'm getting what you're selling. He's saying <laughs> that the gates of hell will not prevail against the power of my church founded on you, Simon, now called Peter. So the point of the path, and so I've got, if we, I've got major goosebumps on both arms right now. (laughs) The point of this passage is not to convey the truth that the church is solid and impregnable. impregnable. That's true, but that's not the point of this passage. So the point of this passage is not that we can stand within the church um, confident that her walls will not fail, that that her power in Jesus Christ will not. Again, that's true. The point of this passage instead is that as we ride forth, sally forth, as we go forth <laughs> under the banner of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell will not stand against the church of Jesus Christ. So it is actually the church that the is. The church is on the on offensive. The, offensive, the yes. church is on <clears throat> the attack. The church is assaulting the gates of hell and the gates of hell will not prevail. So we need to stop. Um, either, well, not literally, but spiritually cowering in fear because our culture is going to hell in a handbasket, maybe literally. Right. We need to quit it. I we like need that. to put on <laughs> our big boy or big girl pants our and armor. trust our armor yes. and trust in the word of God spoken by Jesus Christ himself, <laughs> who is the word of God. And we need to go on the attack. Not confident in our own brilliance or holiness, but confident in his. That's awesome. So it is awesome. So when I thought about that, 
so because we have this idea, kids are all right. We got let's circle the wagons, let's right. hunker down. We got to ride this thing. You here, know, I'm here comes and, hell. It's yeah, going right, to get let's, us. Nope. Let's, let's put up our shields. And <laughs> there's another passage um, at the end of one of Saint Paul's letters. It's Saint Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter six, where Saint Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, mm-hmm. and he talks about a shield, mm-hmm. and he talks about the breastplate, but he also to- talks about the sword. Okay. The sword of spirit, the spirit, I think, which is the truth of the gospel. Right. So Paul also says in Ephesians six that our enemy, uh, that our opponents. Okay. Now I've, I know I've got to, I've got to find <clears throat> it. This ties into the idea of the church militant. I totally yes. like that. Yeah. Yes. This is Ephesians six, 10 and following St. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Finally, be strong in the Lord and and in the strength of his might. Again, the strength of his might. Be strong, not in yourself and your power. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places." We don't have earthly enemies. Peter Kreeft, the philosopher and fantastic author, says that the people, the people, the men and women who we often are inclined to think of as our enemies, mm-hmm. they're the walking wounded. You know, St. Right. Francis's metaphor, the image of the, the church as a field hospital. Mm-hmm. Like the people who, in fact, are oftentimes uh, working against us, they're really not our enemies. Right. The only and only enemies we have, we're not contending about against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers, the world rulers of the present darkness, the spiritual hosts of wickedness, the demons. Mm-hmm. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, take the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. So there's defensiveness. Mm-hmm. We do have to protect and guard mm-hmm. ourselves and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Mm-hmm. So we we armor ourselves and we arm ourselves and following Jesus Christ we go on the offensive. Again, it's the gospel of peace. So and 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 other men and women are not our enemies. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're either our comrades in arms or they're maybe they think they're neutral or they're the walking wounded. Right. But they're not our enemies. Our enemies are the demons, um the demons. Right. Period. Right. So what do you think of Ephesians six, ten and following when you connect that with Matthew sixteen and what Jesus says there? Again, the words of Jesus repeated by St. John Paul II, or as I call him with many others, St. John Paul the Great, be not afraid. Mm -hmm. The the enemy already wins a small victory when he has us cowering in fear or lamenting, oh, woe is us, or look what's going on. Or there's no hope or whatever it is. And that's not to be Pollyannish. We have to be realistic. Mm -hmm. We can't bury our head in the sand. We have to look around and see what's going on. But what do we do with that? So that realistic, okay, let's be honest. Go in with your eyes open. Go in with the eyes eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. But then we go on the attack, not against men and women, but against the principalities and powers, the spiritual hosts of wickedness, confident again in Jesus Christ. So back to Matthew 16, 
it's the gates of hell that and, and, and Jesus doesn't say that the gates of hell are under. So he said they will not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. The church, Jesus has promised us victory. That doesn't mean that the enemy won't. I mean, certainly I fall in sin. That's, 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 that's a, a victory for the enemy without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, so the enemy still, the, the image for me is we're on the offensive and the enemy is fleeing headlong. He's lost, but he's sort of um, retreating. Right. Um, uh, 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 just uh, running away, but still firing over his shoulder, <laughs> right. and he lands some lucky shots, right? Uh, as as he does so. Mm-hmm. But we need to armor ourselves, guard ourselves against those lucky shots, as the enemy is just retreating um, in disarray. Mm-hmm. But continue the advent. Don't stop and and lick your wounds. Right. Tend to the wounded who we encounter. But continue on, continuing the assault that Jesus Christ began. And one on the cross and his resurrection 2,000 years ago. Yeah. So we have a few minutes left. Thoughts as well, I recast this passage yeah, for you. I love it. Um, I've often heard the, uh, the, the evil, the principalities and so on, they talked about referred to as the spirit of the age. Yeah. And I think that comes from the Bible, if yep. I remember right. And I've heard that a lot lately yep. from different people. Uh, so I find that really interesting. It, it's completely true. We're, we need to be on the offensive. And cause it's really easy to get down yeah. on what's happening because there's a lot of stuff going on that seems to be working against us. Right, right. And when I heard you say that at the beginning, I was like, oh, yeah, I could really use this because sometimes we, we watch a little too much news maybe sure. sometimes. Right. House, and it gets rather depressing. Right. But this helps a lot. To know that, hey, we actually can can do something here, right? Right. And and the thing is, put on your faith, right? And go and live it. Go and go and live, go and so, live it. I mean, of course, this fits in with the whole here in our diocese of Sioux Falls, the diocesan vision, lifelong Catholic mm-hmm. missionary discipleship through yep. God's love. That's how we win. That's how that's how we win <laughs> by entering into by living this vision, the call to the new evangelization, mm-hmm. the call to l- deepening our relationship with God and sharing that relationship, sharing Him with other people. That is exactly that's how mm-hmm. we win. Um, when we're growing closer to God, we become beacons of hope, right. which is a term that we use with regard to our cathedral of St. Right. Joseph in Sioux Falls. But it really even more should be for every Catholic, every Christian in eastern South Dakota. And the devil really hates that. Right. So he really hates it. So he, so it, but he, does, he, he gets us to get down about either mm-hmm. ourselves or the world around yes. us or both. Yep. No, we need to trust the words of Jesus. Yes. Discouragement is one of his biggest weapons. It, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So turn off the news, Renee, and pick up the Bible. <laughs> no, we, we have to be aware. Again, yeah. we have to be aware of what's going on in the world yes. around us. But that's that's a reconnaissance mission. Yeah. Us being aware is a reconnaissance mission so we know where the battle stands right now. Mm-hmm. And then we, in our prayer, in our study— in our living in the sacraments, in our conversations, in our, people. Yeah, yes. that, that's how that's how we're we're fortifying yes. ourselves, and then we're entering into the battle ourselves. Yep. yep. And again, our Lord has already won the victory. He is King Jesus. He is the Messiah, as Jesus proclaimed. So we have to trust in Him. Yeah. So so just I mean, this is all one big pep. Talk. It is. I, think, I love it. <laughs> right. So let's have confidence in the power of Jesus Christ, his promises to the church, and let's follow his banner 
as we assault the forces of hell. Renee, are you with me? Yes. Go confidently into the pagan territory. Amen, sister. <laughs> and that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, may God bless you.